Hi there, it's Tim here from the Wellbeing Collective and um, I'm here um, with a couple of my colleagues um, to do another podcast and as you know we've been recording or um, wanted to record a series of podcasts um, around uh, difference and diversity. We uh, put out a podcast a couple of months ago around unconscious bias and hope you've had an opportunity to listen to that. And today we're going to be talking about embracing difference and diversity in the workplace. Now, how and what should we be doing to really do that? And it's been quite a year in terms of um, um, a shared experience of really needing to understand this whole area um, a, a bit more, but not just, well, a lot more, but also how we embrace that well um, as human beings and um, a, in the world of work in particular. Um, so we're going to be talking about that. I'm going to introduce you to my two colleagues who are going to be sharing that conversation. This is part of a series of three podcasts. And the next one we're going to be doing is about the impact specifically of diversity on team success. So um, if you enjoyed the unconscious bias one, please listen to to the one we're doing um, here and please tune in for the next one. So let me introduce you to um, Yasmin and to Usma. I'll let them say hello themselves and they can explain a little bit about what they do. And then we will um, start talking about um, this particular subject, which is really important. And I hope it does give you an opportunity to really think about what you may want to do in your workplace to really embrace difference and diversity. So Yasmin, do you want to say hello? Hi everyone, so I'm Yasmin Damir-Ralph and I'm, my back is around equality, diversity and inclusion. And Usma, do you want to say hello? Yeah, hi everyone, uh, my name is Usma Etikad and I'm organisational change and culture design um, consultant. Um, and yeah, I um, yeah, so my background is in the space of organisational change and culture. Brilliant, thanks both. And as I've already said, I'm Tim Coopland. I'm a mental health nurse and um, also a consultant with the Wellbeing Collective and have led on this, um, this series of podcasts. It's been a real privilege. And we're, we're, we're going to be talking about difference and diversity. And I guess the question that, I, um, that I'm often pondering about is how can we work with um, difference and diversity not just how can we just work with it, how can we really work with it? And, and, and when you hear that sort of inflection, I think you know that sense of, you know, we ask that nominal question, how can we work with it? But I'm asking the question, how can we really work with it? So I'm gonna invite Yasmin first of all, just to maybe share some thoughts and ideas from your own experience, and then maybe Osma, you can drop in as well. Um, so when I ask the question in that way, do you understand what I mean when I'm saying, how can we really work with it? I do, I do. I think it's a really important question when you have that emphasis of really, um, because if you talk to anyone, they'll say, oh, we are really diverse and we're a diverse team or a diverse organization. And you, and you know, and you can say, yeah, that's great it's at face value. Um, but it's when you scratch beneath that surface um, that you actually understand, are you? as diverse as you really should be. Mm. Um, and when I say you scratch beneath that surface, I'm talking about, it's all very well saying, well, we have X amount of people in our workforce that are from a black, Asian, minority, ethnic background. Um, and that's great, but what do you know about those people? Mm. You know, do you understand what they're bringing to the table? Do you understand their talents? Do you understand? <laughs> who they are um and do you embrace who they are mm -hmm. really it's about embracing those people or everybody 
really are instead of saying to people yes come and work for us and come and be in our team or come and be in our organization um tick we've got another statistic that makes us look good um but when you come in we expect you to conform to how we think you should and how we think you should speak and present yourself and you know even down to the foods that you may eat and your break times and all of the things that mm. are natural for somebody who is not the majority if you like yeah. Um, yeah. and I think that dilution is really damaging when we talk about diversity and really having that in place mm. Mm. as soon as you start to dilute it diversity will be in name only yeah 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 and i was just i was just thinking diversity is such a broad subject it's such a broad concept you know um, and there's so many sort of strands to it so many facets of it like when i think of diversity i think of uh, human beings as being like a product of their environment so who we are really, how do we do things? How do we make decisions? How do we approach situations? And we all are different, isn't it? We all are different. Our cognitive schema is basically based on how we've been conditioned throughout our life, how we've like, you know, seen things happening around us and we've learned unconsciously from there. So culture, I mean, culturally we are different. And um, I mean, we have different belief systems, we have different religions, we have different faiths, we have different sort of ways of doing things. And I think in organizations and as human beings, I feel sometimes that we feel comfortable, comfortable being with people like us who are like us, you know? We somehow feel that that's our comfort zone. And somehow we get intimidated by people, you know, doing things differently. Mm. Um, and that really sometimes upsets me <laughs> because I think we should understand that being different is okay. It doesn't mean that you become my uh, enemy or my rival. It's not like that. It's just that, you know, that's the way we approach things. So I think if we uh, have this appreciation of cultural differences and you know different gender differences and all kinds of differences if we have this in the forefront of our you know conscious mind it's, it's interesting it really help us yeah i was just saying it's interesting that you're talking about appreciating differences and and in the same way yasmin was saying about the expectation that we need to conform to some sort of or condition to some sort of similarity almost in order to to get everybody into a space where everybody feels safe but actually um are we saying also that we need to be able to get into a situation where people are working slightly outside or outside their comfort zone in terms yeah. of really appreciating difference well, absolutely because i think when say for instance our international workforce they've worked in a way that's you know they've been conditioned to in the country that they've worked in mm. then coming over and what we're not doing is going what what have you done that's different to what we do and the outcome's been and can we learn from it instead what we're doing is we're dismissing that and saying like this is the way we do it here 
so because that's comfortable we know what we do here it's comfortable it works for us it makes sense to us what you did doesn't make sense to us so therefore we're not going to really explore that in any great depth and I think that's the missing link here because when you do take that moment to explore how somebody has worked in a similar field you you learn new things you know because they may not have the equipment the technology um you know the same resources that we have here but they've been able to get better results or just as good as results so it's about okay how have you done that you know what was the pressures and everything else and you start to build a very good picture of actually when we talk about difference and i say it in inverted you know the speech marks that difference becomes that similarity of we work in the same field but we've done it you know differently to get the same outcome and that's completely okay to do because if you look at say for instance um, disability if you're able-bodied you're not going to work in the same way as somebody that's, that has a physical disability yeah what you're going to do is look at it and go okay what do we need to achieve and how are we going to get there we may approach it differently but we'll get to these the main goal um by doing things different but why is it acceptable for in terms of disability because we have workplace reasonable adjustments in place we have that acceptance that we do need to change the way we do things um, because we what we don't want to do is um, discriminate or make life harder so you know and it's about applying that same principle across all the protected characteristics and saying okay that difference is doesn't mean we're all going to do things mm. the same way and actually let's embrace how we do things differently yeah. to the legitimate aim of the goal so if, it, if it's if it's um i guess if it's uh, become more commonplace to do that around disability and arguably i i i know my experience around um uh, um sexuality for example um wh why is it so hard to do it around culture and and race and um what what makes it much harder for us to do Usma, do you have any thoughts about that because i think uh, it's easier to sort of recognize the visible differences. You know what I mean? Like disability and gender, you know, things like that. The color of your skin. So, you know, we can see those things. But uh, the cultural differences are like the belief system, the cognitive schema, how I, you know, what makes, I mean, how do I make sense of the world around me? Mm, like yeah. perspectives and, you know, Approach. So those are, those are big questions, though. How do I make sense of the world around me? It's, so this is invisible, isn't it? So that's mm. invisible territory. And that's where I guess, yeah, we, we struggle to sort of sort of embrace those differences. Mm. Um, and I think it has got it has got a lot to do with sort of, I think, um, um, uh, sort of getting this cultural, so I don't know how to get this cultural intelligence right, you know, and the emotional intelligence and being sort of, yeah, uh, consciously aware of these um, terms and yeah. life. Yeah. Um, There's and, also a fear when you start to talk about race, it's yeah. those subjects that you can't control because you don't know where it's going to end or where it's going to start. Because most people, when they talk about race, 
um, they're going to talk from lived experience. Yeah. So, and if you're talking to, if a brown or a black person's talking about race, you're talking about it from their lived experience to a white person, that lived experience is not the same. Mm. The white person, it's for them, they're like trying to get their heads around. So you've, you live in the same place as me, you've grown up in the same place, you've done all these things, but your experience is different. Yeah. yeah. Why? You know, it's mm. that why factor that starts to happen. Mm. Yeah. Because they've not had to think about it or, you know, even acknowledge that there is a difference because it's not their their reality. Yeah. Start to have those conversations. And when you start to bring culture into it and, you know, even religion or faith as well, it becomes one of those, oh, I'm not sure when it's going to end, when it's going to to go. And I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get in too deep out of my comfort zone and I'm not going to like it. Um, it may expose some of my views, um, and I don't want to be put. And it may bring up a lot of conflict as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I think I don't know. I think sometimes I feel we have not been trained enough to sort of deal with disagreements, because we most of the time we think that difference in culture means we'll disagree on things, mm-hmm. and then it brings us out of our comfort zone again. I'll come to this comfort yeah. zone. And I, I sometimes feel we act too lazy and we just want to be in our comfort zone and just be with people like us, yeah. do things like us and don't challenge you know, our way of doing things. And it's interesting if you look at the recruitment process, like I was reading somewhere that you know, some, we, we try to sort of induct people who are different from us. But many a times we sort of fire people because of them being different from mm-hmm. us. So it's interesting, you know, how you, so what happens in between? So I think it things they get out of our hands somewhere. And I think it, well, that's that conformity piece, isn't it? Exactly. Don't I conform, therefore, yeah. Yeah. you don't so belong. And that's that exactly. whole kind of. There's certain mores that you want to just put people yeah. in. And yeah, absolutely. And yeah. The, you're right in terms of you know being comfortable it's not a bad place to be in to be honest yeah yeah you know, I, I don't like the term difficult conversations because yeah. if you put a difficult conversation around race or around diversity it becomes a difficult conversation yeah. you put that plant that seed in your head yeah really difficult so therefore I don't want to have it yeah so sort of say I'm going to have a learning conversation um, it puts a different emphasis on it. I'm going to have this conversation, but I'm willing to listen and learn. Because yes. If I'm willing to listen and learn, I'll be able to actually go, okay, so how does that make sense for me? And what do I do next to ensure that this doesn't become a difficult area? So, yeah. so, so whilst it may um, look like just semantics changing from it being a difficult conversation to a learning conversation, it actually is a is a, it's it's what we would call it, it here at the Wellbeing Collective that sort of dialogic approach where the language we use shapes the reality, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And it shapes the construct in which we work. So if we're talking about learning conversations, what what could that offer us as as um, uh, in terms of potential? 
So I think it will allow us to sort of share our perspectives, I guess, mm -hmm. how we see the world, what are, you know, how we want to see the world to unfold. Like in mm -hmm. case of a business, like you use, the, you use the, you know, dialogic approach sort of based uh, interventions. So that, that's where it allows you to talk about your like aspirations and mm -hmm. future and it's not prescriptive and it lets you imagine and then tell you how you want it to unfold and actually how you know that's how the the solutions actually they take their shape isn't it in dialogue mm -hmm. so it's all uh, based on that so yes i completely agree i think um it allows you to share your perspectives and that's why you know diversity is kind of based on studies being conducted, it's hugely linked to the productivity of businesses, like the, the creativity and innovation. So that's all proven, you know. Um, uh, and, and there is a moral argument as well, I think, attached to diversity. Yeah. People say that you, you're conducting your business ethically if you kind of allow everyone that opportunity to be their best mm. you know, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But it's not just like a pink and fluffy thing. It's it's not. It's very tangible because it results in how how you perform or yeah. how you perform your peers. You know, it is. It's quite deep and intentional, isn't it? But it isn't pink and fluffy. Although although I think done in the wrong way, it can be seen as that. But it's deep and intentional in terms of the questions. Yasmin, your views about that kind of more dialogic approach? For me, I mean, when you have that approach. Um, and, and, and put it into your head of, I'm going to have learning conversation or constructive conversation or, you know, however, whatever word you want to put in front of that conversation, or just, I'm just going to have this conversation, plain and simple. Um, it's about that understanding of who that person is and, you know, what's making, who the experiences that have made that person who they are today. Um, and how they see, like you said, how they see the world, how they see their future, and how an organisation can play a part in that. Um, and actually how, what they have as well. So what qualifications do they have, you know? And I know people that have got such high qualifications that are not recognised, and you sit there thinking, they've spent many, many years studying to get this, and you're not even recognising it, you know? that's now devaluing that person in, in just that kind of sentiment, you know, and saying, well, it doesn't matter you've spent that many, many years, you're still not good enough. And I'm thinking, but it should be, because how, if you start to do that comparison, how many other people have got those qualifications? And there's also this thing that's in built in um, black and brown people that they have to work harder, study harder, get those qualifications, just to get to at least a point of equality um but you know when you see that actually it's not you know because when we talk about diversity and equality equality particularly it's not really true you can have legislation around equality but you have to go through a legal process to get to that legitimate end mm -hmm. So those conversations before you even get to go down that route, you know, you need to have those learning conversations. What can I learn from you? Who are you? What's made you, what makes you you, you know? Tell me about your background. Tell me about your studying life. Tell me about your career. Tell me about your culture. Tell me about everything I can learn from you. Yeah. Because 
it will it will not only make you feel value because I'm listening to you it will also teach me things that I didn't know mm-hmm. change my biases let's face it um and probably get me thinking did I used to think that way about people you know did I have a, a view or a stereotype and then if we start looking at it in terms of a workplace in terms of recruitment if I'm the recruiting manager or an interviewer, you know, it's about going, oh, well, I've had this conversation and I actually understand that not everybody is the same. So maybe I need to start thinking about when I'm interviewing, when I'm asking those questions, listening out for those answers, yeah. looking at different problems, because we know that when we talk about culture and we talk about culture intelligence and we talk about culture conversations, that different people will have um, a different understanding of things. Yeah. You may ask ask me a question. I may give you an answer. You will interpret it in your kind of way. So, Mm. for instance, I may say to you, you may say to me, Yasmin, can you get this report done? And I'll say, it's going to be difficult. I will try. You've taken that in as, Yasmin, you've, you've promised to do this report. Where I said, it's going to be difficult and I will try. That's not a promise. So it's kind of that difference of having understanding who somebody is and what they're saying to you. Because I've said, I, it's difficult. I'm telling you now there's challenges here. Yeah. I'm going to try because I will do my best, but I can't promise anything. I've not use the term promise. I've used it indirectly. And you've got many people that will have those different dialogues. It's a really interesting example you've given there because it just reminded me of um, a number of different examples that I've experienced in my working life that has ended up in a disciplinary process, for example, worst case scenario, because somebody said they were going to do something, they didn't do it. And then they said, well, I never said I was going to do it. I said this. And those cultural subtleties yeah. in terms of the way we communicate. And it's really made me think, you know, what? about as a white person asking the question what 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 can I do that's really going to help and is there anything I'm going to do or say that's actually really going to get in the way and hinder you in terms of your ability to be understood to thrive to be to feel um equal to you know all of those all of those um really important things um and yet those questions aren't always asked are they no and it's about going back and having that asking those questions to understand so you say it's difficult but you're going to try what does that mean Mm. you know and that's not a difficult thing to say can you just explain to me what that means so I get it clear in my head so I'm not putting on that pressure of saying they've promised to do something and it ends up in disciplinary because we've made the assumption that it's promised yeah wasn't um and we make judgments about somebody's working pattern and their attitude to their work and their yeah. motivation things. Usma, in your experience, if you does this resonate with you in some ways? Yeah, yeah, definitely it does because um, in my experience, uh, in my work life experience, I have worked for um, multinational companies for about more than I think eight, 15, 18 years really. And there you get to see a lot of different cultures working mm. together and a lot of, uh, yeah, so there, so, you know, there is like corporate culture and then individual national cultures playing up and you see uh, how like different um, 
people, different perspectives, all working together. So I remember that I've worked for BP and they really, they really train you and teach you on this thing to work with, I would say diversity. So it's not just a you know, number or it's not just a fancy policy on paper, it's actually breathing and leave, living, you know, living and breathing thing. You know, it's, it's very real because every day you have to deal with different sort of, sort of people like who are coming from different backgrounds and you have to just respect. The key thing is to respect everyone and just to start your meetings and conversation with a positive note. Mm -hmm. Always say, yes, I agree with you. But if there is a difference, then you just say, but my point is that rather than, rather than just attacking on the person and mm -hmm. just, you know. And getting into that kind of group dynamic where somebody yeah. becomes marginalized because they may be raising different points, but actually it's about a failure potentially to understand um, a cultural bias, a, a way of interacting, yeah. a cognitive processing thing based on how, how we've grown up and been conditioned individually within mm -hmm. our cultures. Challenging yourself about your, yeah. you know, preconceived notions and unconscious biases and yeah. reflecting on what you said to other person yeah and because in organize just one thing i mean it's very important to talk about all of these things in businesses but it shouldn't be one off and i think systems and processes they should be conducive enough to kind of you know facilitate these kind of yeah. So you've raised a very important point. You used an example from wider, um, a wider business perspective. So we're talking about the public sector in this sense. A lot of the people that we support are in the public sector. And we know that particularly in the NHS, it's one of the most diverse communities that we work in, which is really, which is fantastic. But yet, um, in my anecdotal experience, I think we really still struggle in terms of really embracing difference. And I see a lot of people as a nurse that have really come through the harsh end and I mentioned disciplinary processes more people from BME groups end up in disciplinary mm. processes than any other group what activities should we be engaging in that actually reflects the type of conversation that we're having today <laughs> I've stumped you <laughs> yeah I mean I, I suppose for me it should be natural because it has been natural for me um bear in mind that's majority of my work has been around equality and diversity and inclusion and they are three separate subjects they're not all one you know they go hand in hand together and they link together so when you hear you know we're diverse so therefore we're inclusive you're thinking no um no that's not quite how it works um, i think in terms of what we should be doing i think there's that whole they, you know, embracing cultural differences, embracing diversity for what it is, um, having conversations to find out those similarities, as well as differences and learning. Um, it's not about saying somebody's wrong or right, because there is no wrong or right when you look at when you when you really, really do embrace diversity. It's about saying that's really interesting because I've never seen it from that perspective before. Yeah. Um, it's about going back and questioning and not being afraid to do that. Mm. Um, you know, like I said, in my example, I, you know, for the report, you know, I, I said, it's going to be difficult, but I'll try. 
I've not promised anything. I've not said I'm going to promise. I said, I'll, I'll try. That's not a promise. Trying's not a promise. It's about you coming back and going, okay, what do you mean by that? You know, yeah. explain it. What's going to be difficult? Have you already foreseen those challenges? You know, do you need support? Do you need help? Tell me what you need. Um, and it's about being compassionate with that as well, because I think if you leave compassion out of, of some of these things, you become, you know, you start mm. people kind of how you think they should be treated as opposed to, you know, how who they are. Mm. Um, and it's about saying, you know, taking away all those microaggressions. So saying things like, I don't see color, I, you know, I've got black friends, I've got, you know, I've traveled abroad and I've done, you know, I've had many times when people said, oh, I've traveled abroad to a different country and I've been the minority. And I'm thinking for two weeks, maybe not. Yeah whole your life not being completely exposed yeah Yeah. and it's about you know saying Mm. okay take microaggressions out start to really think about what you're saying to somebody you know you've got black friends great that's great on you but doesn't mean that saying could be offensive or harmful um you know it's about thinking about how would you like to be spoken to mm-hmm. if you wouldn't if you wouldn't want things like that said to you why would you say to somebody else you know yeah. and then again take the fear out oh I'm really worried about asking about somebody's background well, what are you worried about if you are genuine and you're honest there shouldn't be any kind of concern with that now, I'd like to like it would be me saying to Isma we're both maybe brown but I guarantee you we're from different cultures and different countries yeah um, and it'd be about me saying to Isma, I'm really interested who you are. Please help, you know, where are you from? What have you done? And, you know, that's not a difficult thing to ask. And I, yeah, and just building up on what you're saying, Yasmin, I think it's very, very important for everyone in the business and especially leaders. And I would say everyone to be really authentic, like curious about other, mm. you know, show curiosity. And like you said, and you then you genuinely ask questions, and it's all about tracking diversity as well. Yeah, and I think um, it's about role modeling in you mm. as as a leadership. If you really want to promote this concept of diversity in your teams, I guess you should first do it and let your mm. people notice it. Make sure it's psychologically safe to do it as well. Exactly, yeah. it's very important. All those practical things, mm. not just mm. having diversity data in your company and yeah. assessments, but tracking it and making it part of everyday life. Mm. Maybe building cross-cultural communities. I don't mm. know. That's a good idea. And that well, that could be a completely different podcast around cross-cultural <laughs> communities, couldn't it? <laughs> so we're coming to the end of our time together, and I, there is so much I could unpack from that last question about what you both said. Um, what's really um, rested with me, though, is this idea that it is dynamic, it's ongoing, it's brave, it's it's present um, with within the conversations that are people having, and in some ways, it's a little bit fearless as well, isn't it? It's that sense that actually in re- to really move forward you have to face your fear of what that may bring and 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 to do that in a very appreciative and curious way so i'd like to thank you both just for really contributing towards this conversation and i hope that our listeners will have also enjoyed just the process of listening to what 
um, difference and diversity is about for us and how to embrace that in the workplace. And for me, I hope it makes me a braver person. Uh, I hope it makes our listeners a braver people as well and really generates and brings about some change. So just a reminder, this is one of three podcasts. We're due to be doing our third podcast shortly around how to build um, um, a diversity into team success and we did refer a little bit today to some of the statistics around that um, uh, how team success is um, is really um, really improved by how we embrace diversity and work with diversity so any final words from Usma anything you'd like to say before we say goodbye to our listeners I think um, I found this discussion really um exciting and very interesting and thought-provoking as well. There's so many new things that I learned and now I'm going to reflect on those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And Yasmin? I think I probably agree with the sentiments here. We, you know, I might be in the field a long time, but you're always learning. Yeah. Um, and that's a good thing, you know. Yeah. And I think for me, if you... One thing I would say when you're talking about diversity is just to embrace it. Um, don't kind of try to control it and fit it into a box or fit it into a neat little package or into a neat little team. I think once you kind of have that freedom to explore it, it just opens up. So yes, absolutely. Endless. Yeah. And so on that note, we will, um, we will, and pause and, and hopefully um, at some point in the future we'll reconvene and continue our discussions so <laughs> thank you both um, for today and just a reminder as well that if you want to know a little bit more about difference and diversity we have also produced a hand out on unconscious bias which really I think will also go further to explaining some of the things that we're talking about today so thank you all and look forward to um, to further podcasts in the future